Welcome to Becoming Digitally Resilient with IDC Industry Thought Leadership, a podcast series that dives into the energy, financial, government, healthcare, manufacturing, and retail industries. The IDC team will discuss hot topics and provide insightful, fact-based research and strategies to help your organization become truly resilient. Presented by IDC on the Voice America Business Channel. And now, here's our host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Becoming Digitally Resilient with IDC Industry Thought Leadership. We're continuing our focus today on becoming digitally resilient in the manufacturing industry. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Happy to be here. And we're talking about building the digital twin. Let me give you a little insight before I have my two very special guests from IDC introduce themselves. So the digital twin has evolved from digital representation of a physical object to digital representation of an entire business. I want everybody in the audience to say, wow, I didn't know that. Yes, it's true. This includes an asset, a process, a product, and any other aspect of your business operation. Today, I'm welcoming, and I want you to wave IDC's Jeff Hoyle. Hello, Jeff. You and I have met over the years on many radio shows. Nice to see you here. And John Lang. Jonathan or John, who do you want to be today? John, John works. John Lang. And we're going to discuss the evolving use of digital twins across a business and the role technology plays in that evolution on building the digital twin. Welcome. Jeff Hoylo, I'm putting you on speaker view. Please do me the honor of introducing yourself. Jeff, tell everybody what you do at IDC and just a little bit of insight into your passion for this topic. And it is an exciting topic. Jeff, welcome. Sure. Yeah. First of all, great to speak with you again, Bonnie. Um, Nice to see you. And uh, so I'm research vice president here at IDC and just passed my seven year uh, anniversary at IDC. And I've been uh, focused on uh, all things having to do with R&D, product innovation, engineering, and I've recently expanded out to cover the topic of industry ecosystems. And within that, you know, the use of digital twins applies in all those areas. And we'll, we'll talk more about this. And, you know, my passion for the topic of digital twins is that we have so much data and we have all these great digital technologies available. Organizations have these and digital twins, I think, present the environment to bring all of that together and enable easier consumption, not only in the engineering and R&D organization, but really across the enterprise and even beyond that. So. Thank you very much. Yeah. Nice to see you too. Back in the day when you were on different radio shows with me, we weren't doing it on Zoom and we never saw each other and here we are. It was all on the phone. So, right. so this is great. John Lang, we'd love to hear from you. Who are you? What do you do at IDC? And what's your passion for digital twins? John, welcome. Hey, thank you. Uh, so I am the research manager for IDC's worldwide ITOT convergence strategies research program. Um, so we think about that convergence sort of across the staffing that's taking place as IT and operations are working more closely together on technology initiatives around the sort of infrastructure convergence around connectivity, connected assets, um, but also sort of edge and cloud decisions and also around the data that's converging. And I think digital twin, digital thread plays a key role, uh, like Jeff said, in sort of uh, being the format or the approach that a company might take to converge those data sources and drive improved uh, decision-making that helps them become more resilient and uh, perform at a higher level. So, resilient 
Resilient. Thank you. Resilient. Perform at a higher level. That's what we're trying to impart information about to our global listeners and viewers who see the video. Thank you very much, John. Pleasure to have you here. Jeff Hoylow, I asked you for a quote from a fictional character in a movie or a TV show, and you sent an interesting one. The character is Herb Brooks, played by Kurt Russell. The movie, Miracle. 2004 American sports film. It's about the U.S. men's ice hockey team led by head coach Herb Brooks, played by Kurt Russell, who won the gold medal in the 1980 Winter Olympics. I'll stop there. Here's the quote Jeff has selected. You're going to tell us, please, what it has to do with digital twins. Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here tonight, boys. Okay, Jeff, where'd you find this one? And tell me, what does it have to do with our topic? And there's a lot more to that quote. I think some expletives mixed in as well as a finish with now go out there and take it. Um, But it's an incredibly motivational quote. Um, I love it on many, many levels as it relates to digital twin. I think if you think about the the opportunity we have here with digitization and servitization and the use of digital technologies, the amount of data we're collecting, as I talked about across an organization and an ecosystem, that presents a tremendous amount of opportunity, I think, for companies, uh, but it's really difficult to take advantage of that, right? So what, uh, what approaches do organizations need to employ to take advantage of this? And you know, I think Digital Twins uh, is a, it's a you know, technology strategy to help companies to meet that opportunity. Thank you very much. Uh, any comments about his quote selection? John, any thoughts on that? Have you seen the movie, John? I haven't seen the movie and the, the connection with the quote makes, makes a lot of sense. There is a huge opportunity here and there's also, uh, you know, a lot of nuance to the work that has to be done to make it happen, of course. And so having a strong inspirational quote is especially necessary, uh, the harder the work to be done. Thank you very much. Jeff, let's dive a little deeper into the topic. I'm looking at the statements you sent me before we started. And here's where I want to go to statement number three. You say digital twins can be deployed and consumed around the organization as lightweight to full fidelity models. I haven't heard the term full fidelity since my parents bought a stereo. And I won't tell you what year that was. It used to be called Hi-Fi. Fi was fidelity. Jeff, let's do a deeper dive into what does it mean to our, our audience who's listening around the world? What does this actually mean to them in terms of the thread, the twin for their entire organization? Jeff? Yeah, it's, it's a really important point because I think it's um, it, the, the point is that uh, digital twins are not just for engineers, not just for, you know, the technical groups. Um, although the use of digital twins and models started in the engineering group and have been around for decades, um, the use of, of models and digital twins to complement information and communication and collaboration really has expanded across the organization, right? We're seeing digital twins used for product design and development, as well as, uh, as, well as asset design and development, uh, increasingly for operational uh, asset management, um, as well as looking at buildings and facilities, uh, and even you know, outside of the four walls, if you have, you have fleet, fleets of products you need to manage, or multiple manufacturing facilities. You know, how do you combine digital twins of each of those entities and model and simulate those digital twins together to ensure they're working together and perform in the most optimal way. So, you know, when I say that digital twins can be, you know, consumed across the organization from lightweight to full fidelity, 
you know, a lightweight digital twin might be not that much information in it, more of kind of a visual representation of a product or asset that's used for early stage ideation, communication, maybe maybe communication with a customer or a supplier and kind of more kind of on that kind of, you know, just an initial complement of information, you know, and then moving up the chain to, you know, you add more detail around it once you're in the R&D and engineering phase and, you know, kind of pre-product launch. And then into operational, as you're using a digital twin of an asset, you want even more information. You want process information. How is the manufacturing process going? Or, you know, the plant performance? Or, you know, how are resources actually accessing those assets over time? There's a lot of information that, that could be brought in. And then the kind of the, the ultimate full fidelity view is, you know, once you have uh, a full fidelity view of a, an asset or product digital twin, you want to be able to model and view those in concert with other related twins, as I mentioned, the manufacturing plant or a smart city with someday autonomous vehicles, right? Um, where you, you might want to look at how those are performing to ensure safety and quality. Um, so we think of digital twin consumption and usage on a continuum from that kind of early lightweight view, that visual, all the way up to uh, a, a full fidelity view. And actually, there's one other comment. You know, we're not just talking about beautiful 3D visuals of products and assets and full buildings and facilities, you know, a digital twin could be informational based as well, right? Digital twins actually are being used um, for supply chain optimization and view, you know, viewing in real time what's going on from a logistics standpoint or, you know, that, that last mile delivery of a product um, to, you know, just looking at the processes of uh, an oil and gas plant and be able to optimize, you know, your approach over time. It may not be a, a beautiful view of, you know, that, that, you know, 3D view, it could be just more informational base, could be even a 2D schematic of what's happening. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. John Lang, thoughts, please. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I look at this uh, space from the sort of operations or user side of the equation. And so I do think Jeff's last point is an important one, which is that, you know, in the engineering and design world, maybe you're you're more focused around some of the, the 3D visuals and companies. I think a lot of the time when they hear digital twin, they think of this sort of, you know, floating three-dimensional object, right, kind of matrix-esque uh, vision. But the, the reality of it is, is that it's a front end to data. It's focused on a use case and it's focused on a work to be done. And so, you know, it can, it can be just to, to, to reiterate Jeff's point, a relatively simplistic um, visual representation that's really just a front end user interface to interact with data in a way that's a bit more intuitive, that maps that data back to the context of the job to be done, whether it's modeling an individual asset a process or anything like that. You know, you have to look at how is that work done today? What are the visual front ends used for that? In some cases, they're they're very simplistic. In other cases, they are very complex. But, you know, that visual piece should only really be supporting the work that has to be done and, and not go beyond that simply for uh, the sake of flashiness. I think that is an important piece. Interesting. For the sake of flashiness, Jeff, you want to comment on that? It, it sounds like such an exciting topic. Yeah, I, I mean, again, it's um, it's really about data and establish, using that data to establish a digital thread uh, to connect the different domains and entities in an organization, as well as even outside your organization into your supply chain, into your, your other partners you might you might be working with. And, and so the basis of a digital twin is that digital thread. So I would talk about, John and I talk about digital twin and digital thread together really is important to, to you know, digital twin is really the, 
you know, the, the front end kind of, you know, the visual vehicle or view into that information and di data and digital thread. It could be a beautiful 3D or 2D schematic of a product or asset, but it could be just informational based and there could be just a, a nice, you know, uh, graphical user interface and, and way to interrogate that information, uh, you know, and, and even maybe there's, you know, even, uh, you know, low-code application development capability to interrogate that information and help to make decisions and analyze it and that kind of thing. I think that's kind of where we're seeing digital twins go. It's that it's that view into information, whatever that might be. Thank you very much. And we know the world is all visual now, right? In the past two years, here we are recording this on Zoom. I can see how Jeff is thinking and speaking. I can see John as well. One more topic I want to squeak in, squeeze in here before we finish. We're almost out of time. Jeff, let's talk about, you say, to derive the full value, digital twins are a mashup of technology. What technology is in that mashup? Who's doing the mashup? Just briefly. Yeah, um... I think that's that's also a critical point for companies to keep in mind, right, is you can't go out and buy a digital twin per se. Uh, you can go out and buy the models, the lightweight models of an asset or a product, uh, but you need to do the work to kind of roll in the data and knowledge and process information, even resource information, people who are using that asset or product uh, to truly build a digital twin, right? It's not a digital twin until you have all that information within there. And also the capability to, and I alluded to this in my last comment, to actually make decisions based on that data. Um, and so this is where things like, uh, you know, of course, AI and ML, having an algorithm to, you know, dive into that information and, you know, maybe give you predictions on, you know, next best decision. Um, certainly IoT is a big, a big part of this as we think about using digital twins to manage assets and plants and buildings, right? You want to collect a lot of information constantly feeding that digital twin in real time. It's, it, you know, so the digital twin is a living digital twin, if you will, um, that, that can be, that you can make sense of over time. Certainly predictive analytics are, are part of that. Um, you know, 5G as well for connectivity scenarios, especially when you get outside of the four walls of a business, of a factory into the scenarios I mentioned, like a a smart city or when you have multiple manufacturing plants, you want to benchmark information quickly or, or find quality issues, performance issues. Uh, speed is, is very much a need. So those are just a couple of examples, I think, of uh, technologies that are critical to bring in. Thank you. It sounds yeah. like the digital twin is hungry. You said it needs data, right? It needs constant data. Yeah. It needs all those wonderful technologies to bring in. John, I'm going to give you the last word here. Thoughts on this hungry digital twin, the data, the connectivity, the mashup of technology. What do you see, John Lang? I think a lot of companies get motivated by digital twins and they go back and they look at their landscape of applications and data and they realize there's a lot of work to be done. And increasingly, they're looking at digital threads as an approach uh, to resolve that. And what, what that is basically in, in contrast to a data replication or a data lake strategy, where you're trying to take all this important information, pull it out of the different systems and, and kind of pile it into a data lake and then analyze it from there. Companies are looking at digital threads as a way to make data accessible in the systems that it's created and managed and lives in, where it actually has context um, so that other systems can query that single source of truth. And the, the kind of drivers of that, that digital thread um, today, you know, one is that companies, I think, are looking for sovereignty in their data layer. You know, the application and platform providers 
uh, rightly want to kind of lock you into their in ecosystem on all the data and basically sell you your data back to you. And uh, companies, I think, are um, uh, opting for more of a separate kind of agnostic a data ingestion layer um, that can connect the different asset data systems, upstream and downstream applications, you know, so that they kind of have the power and control over their data. The second uh, driver is digital thread phenomenon is really around edge and cloud uh, maturity. So companies are building out their edge strategies, they're building out their cloud strategies and replicating data back and forth between the two does not ensure that that data is always synchronized uh, between the two. And so the data could be out of date or what have you when you're, when you're trying to replicate the data. And the third one, here's an interesting maybe stat for us to end on is we talk about AI and we talk about analytics a lot and certainly digital twins um, are helping to resolve that. According to our uh, 2021 Future of Operations survey, 30, almost 36% of, of the respondents on that survey had executed an AI um, or machine learning project uh, analyzing operational data and either yet to realize any value from that project or the value they realized doesn't justify the expenditure. And that's compared to only 15% that actually got value back. And so this digital thread approach you know, not only resolves the problem of out-of-date data, out-of-context data, but it's going to create an important bridge for collaboration and communication that will really help ensure that those analytics and AI projects actually start to prove out value for companies. Thank you. We learned a lot from both of you. We have the twins, we have the threads, and we have a lot of data and a lot of technology that are making those vibrant and useful to manufacturers. Jeff Hoyla, wonderful to see you, to speak with you, connect with you again. Too, John Lang, thank you. John Lang, such a pleasure to meet you. I hope we have the opportunity to continue this topic at a later date. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you for listening to Becoming Digitally Resilient with IDC Industry Thought Leadership. This is our podcast series. Find weekly new episodes on voiceamerica.com, the business channel. Look for the IDC logo. Everybody wave goodbye. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Becoming Digitally Resilient with IDC Industry Thought Leadership. IDC is committed to helping IT and business leaders build the future enterprise. Email your comments and questions to insights at idc.com. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham on the Business Channel for additional sessions with IDC. IDC.